I tell you all the time how much I like on demand. Let me tell you why. Because I like getting my food when I like it. I just am like that. I like to go to the menu and say, I want this and not that. So this is one of those moments when you've chosen to be with us and we're honored to have you with us. So open up the word of God. Join me today as I take you on a journey that will change your life and lift your spirit and give you vision for your future. God's best will come your way. Enjoy today's message. In our series, thank God for our passing this absence, certainly to trust me to stand up here and talk. I appreciate him. We're in our dreaming series, redreaming, reimagining our lives, coming to a point where sometimes it's really not lost. God is just strengthening you, and you're taking it like it's a trial. You're taking it like it's a setback. But God is simply maturing you, strengthening you, giving you some equipment you didn't have. So in our, our uh, study today, our big point is you will never reach your dream if you don't mature. Mm. And by mature, we don't mean old. There's a difference. Uh, because we are Americans and, and well, the whole world is just obsessed with being skinny and young. I used to be that. The whole world is obsessed with that. Being skinny and young. So when, you, when somebody says, I'm old, we go, no, don't say that. Say mature. I'm just old, y'all. And I'm glad about it. I'm one of those people who survived cancer four times. I'm old. And I'm glad about it. It's a good thing to be on your feet and be old. So I don't want to knock old this morning. When I talk about a mature dream, I'm speaking to the young people as well. A mature dream is more of a well-developed dream, fully developed, fully developed dream, more so than old. Y'all with me? We hear that word, and because I'm going to bring some context to the things I want to say this morning. So a dream doesn't necessarily have to be, I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an Indian chief. A dream can be a goal or an aspiration. A dream can be a design or a plan or an aim that you have. And, and when you say, I don't have a dream, what you're basically saying to me is, well, I, you know, I got everything I want. Got a house, a car, husband, children. You know, the things Americans think are wonderful. Uh-huh. I've achieved, I got a great job, got a great career. What am I dreaming about? Well, perhaps if you're feeling that way, your dream is all about you. Maybe, just maybe, you need to think of somebody else besides you, outside of your camp. Jesus said this, Simon Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, well, feed my sheep. Outside of your camp. Outside of your little group. Outside of you full of everything you could get, you're ready to tear down your bonds and build some more because you got enough stuff to do it with. I'm talking about a mature dream this morning. Simon Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. So sometimes if you're feeling yourself not having a dream, maybe you need to think outside of you. Somebody say amen. amen. Mature, having reached an advanced stage of mental or emotional development characteristic 
of an adult, not particularly an adult, but characteristic, which means you've reached full development. You're reliable. You're dependable. You are sensible. Strong word. You are a person that I can trust. You're smart. You're astute. Insightful. What does that even mean? That sometimes I, I, I deal with people, and I was trained. I worked for Bell South for 30 years, and one of the things we had, were trained to do was to hear what you say, but hear what you're not saying too. Under this, people only tell you uh, the portion of their story that is not so embarrassing to them. They only tell you the portion of their story that they can, to retain a little bit of self-respect, I can tell you this much of it. And so you have to, insightful, I have to be insightful enough to hear what you're not saying. If that and that is true, then this is also true. Amen? Amen? Amen. Talking about a mature dream. So what are the attributes of a mature person? I looked at uh, Psychology Today had an article by Tim Elmore that said a mature person can keep long-term commitments Mm. What man builds a house without a tower, without first counting up the cost? You started on this journey towards your dream, but you found out it was hard. You found out that it took a lot of time. It took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of study. It took a lot of education. It took a lot of things. You wanted a, a good marriage, but you found out it took a lot of patience, and it took a lot of tolerance, and it took a lot of things that you really wasn't counting on all of that. I really wasn't counting on taking down when I know I'm right. I really wasn't counting on having to give this much of me to open myself to this. You want children. That's one of your aims, your goals, your dreams, your plan. But them jokers come with a lot of problems. <laughs> and if you have more than one, then you got a multiple set of little personalities happening. And you have to minister to every single one of them. I wasn't counting on all that. I want y'all to be cute, and I dress you up in the nice little clothes, and we go to church, and you be on the Easter program, and you dance, and you do all those wonderful things. But I wasn't in it for when you start making problems for me and costing me money and doing all sorts of little stuff that I wanted to have you lost your mind. I wasn't in it for all of that. Amen? So your dream has to mature to take into account Everything that's going to happen in the process of this thing I say I want or this thing I've been, um, it's in me, it's innate in me to be a certain way. I was dreaming about it when I was a kid. I always wanted to be a teacher. Well, how immature is it to drop out of college if you want to be a teacher? <laughs> You're losing it. So, a mature person can make long-term commitments and delay gratification. Delay gratification, that's a problem that most people, if they tell the truth, have. I want it now. We even got commercials about it. It's my money and I want it now. <laughs> so instead of waiting on a million dollars, I'll let you give me 200000 just so I could get some money now. That's immature. 
a mature person is unshaken by flattery or criticism. Now, most of us like people to say wonderful things to us and wonderful things about us. We're made in the image of God. God likes praise, we like it too. Say good things about me, it makes me feel good and all my endorphins flow. The problem comes in when I start getting lifted up in all that you're saying to the degree, to the degree, to the degree that when somebody criticizes me, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Didn't you know I was wonderful? Didn't you know they said I'm great? What's wrong with you that you have the nerve <laughs> to say that? So a mature person is able to take it all in stride, to take criticism. I tell the story I told it last night about my little brother and I having a conversation. So I grew up in a family of five people. We grew up over on the west side in Fairwood Homes. And we were kind of like the poor people in the project. So um, I was telling my story to him again. And he said, Bev, every time you tell that story, you're a victim. You tell it like a victim from a victim point of view. <laughs> Spoken out of the lips of somebody that I had to play with on my hip at nine years old. Thinking I was a victim. I don't know what's wrong with you. But here's the thing. I hung up the phone with him because that was enough of that. <laughs> when somebody criticizes you, I called Sheila. I was so upset. When somebody criticizes you, the, the mature thing to do and what I did was, is that really true? Do I really come off when I tell my story? Am I believing myself to be a victim? Here's what you can do. You can take some nine-year-old feelings and bring them into a 68-year-old body and your point of view is still nine years old. I'm talking about being mature. So when somebody says it to you, you have to take it out and say, now wait. What are you saying to me, God? Here's what I thought this morning when I woke up. God was really strengthening you. And you weren't, you didn't know it. Amen. The things that I endured as a child has made me the adult I am today. Amen. The things I endured as a child helps me stand here this morning. It helps me to understand better when people are having problems and troubles. It's not foreign to me. I can say, yes, I understand that. Yes, I know. God uses those things to strengthen you. A mature person has a spirit of humility. You're not consumed with the attention of other people. If I'm not stroking your ego, you can't move forward. You move forward, y'all. Move forward with the tenacity that's in you, with the gift that's driving you. There's a scripture that says, stir up the gift that's in you. You stir it up is the implied. Not God. God's not going to stir it. You have to stir it. You stir the gift. And if nobody's stroking you right now, 
about how wonderful you are and how great you're doing and, and you're just so great and wonderful and we just can't hardly wait to hear you talk again. Well, if you cannot live without that, you will find yourself in a wilderness where God said, you need a little more strength here. You need a little bit more strength because you're not quite there yet. You have to have a modest view of your own abilities. I don't care how smart you are. Amen? Because God is always great. Then a mature person makes decisions based on character and not your feelings. The prisons are full of people who made decisions based on their feelings. Feelings are fickle, you know. I might like you today, but I might not like you tomorrow. For a myriad of reasons, it could all be physical. It could be my chemicals moving in a different direction. I look at you today and think, ew. Amen? And tomorrow I'll be back in love with you because my body's aligned itself. My chemicals are moving good. I'm all in. Okay, now we're better. So you can't make your decisions based on your feelings. Let me tell you something. When you are angry, you are in a dysfunctional state. You don't need to move so fast. You don't need to say what's on your mind. You don't need to tell anybody off. You need to hold tight for a minute. Let your emotions subside and then decide, do I really want this job? Let me stop. I need I got bills to pay. I'm a mature person. Listen. You don't let your emotions push you over the cliff. People get married on emotions. And then when the emotions subside, you're looking saying, what did I do? Hello. All right, I'm going to leave that one right where it was. <laughs> their principles guide their decisions, and their character is a master over their emotions. I bought this, I went to Walmart specifically for this, but you know how Walmart is. They have everything that you didn't know you need in there <laughs> until you saw it. So I come up with a basket of stuff. I, I went and got this, put it down in the bottom part, but then all the other little stuff, you know, little stuff, I put it up in the top. So then I go through the self-checkout, I check myself out. I, and I had part way down there. You know how it is. Way down there. So... I get to my car, I'm taking the stuff out of the basket, and here this is sitting in there, and I hadn't checked it out. Okay, what do you do now? I got to wait with it. I could just get in my car and go home. That's the kind of stuff your emotions say to you. It's a long way back down there. These shoes don't feel that good, and I don't want to go back. Quickly, my value say, you don't steal. I don't steal. I pick this up. I walk all the way back. I said, now I got to get back in the store with it. I don't need them tackling me at the door. I walk straight to the cashier. I said, I picked this up. I got in my car, and I hadn't paid for it. I need to pay for this. She looked at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, lady, why didn't you just get in the car and go home? What is up with that? A mature person. Your values. You ought to be the same person by yourself 
that you are in my presence. This morning we go into the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 20, and let me just give you the quick background of it. Moses was born in a time when Joseph was over the prince over Egypt. Joseph, a, a chancellor, whatever he was, he brought his family to keep him from starving. They put him in Goshen, and so Joseph died, and the Bible said there arose a, a pharaoh who did not know Joseph. Yeah. Now I have all these people over here in Goshen. And they were multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. So Pharaoh gets a little nervous and says, you know what? These people might join with our enemies. What we need to do is kill off the race or keep them from growing like this. We'll get rid of all the men, all the, all the male children. That's what's happening to us with all our young black boys in jail. We're going to get rid of all the males. And that way they'll stop multiplying. So, so, the, they called to the midwives, and the midwives refused to do it, so then they just made it a free-for-all. All Egyptians, you can just go throw them kids in the river when you see them. But Moses' mother, the Bible says she hid him for three months, and then she uh, put him in a, a, a vessel, and with sister watch him, put him on the water. Well, here's how God, God's over your life. No crocodiles ate the baby while he was floating. No water got in his vessel. You might be looking at it saying the polo baby floating down the water in, in, in this little whatever they put together, basket. What's going to happen? Well, God, the God of heaven and earth, the God who guards over your life, the God who watches you day and night, who wakes you up in the morning, lets you go to sleep at night, the God who made sure you were up in here today so you could hear this message, that same God watched that baby float over to somebody who just happened to be I'm sure she had. She might have even been delayed. She might have said, let me have breakfast before I go out there. Because she had to be there at the precise minute Amen. that this baby floats by. Amen. So Moses is in the, raised in the house of Pharaoh. In the house of Pharaoh, the Bible says clearly, if you look at verse 22, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptian and was powerful in speech and action. Moses grew up a prince. Moses learned the government, he learned the, the, the uh, customs, the attributes of the people that he would have to come against later. That's why I say sometimes God is strengthening you and you don't know. It might be a terrible story of his mother sitting there saying, my baby is gone, but then God is at work with this child, teaching him what I need him to know so he can do what I need him to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. So... Moses, after being educated, he was uh, a, a, an Egyptian prince. He was a scholar. He was taught in wisdom. But always when you're educated, it doesn't mean you're mature with it. He was powerful, the Bible said, in speech. He knew etiquette. He knew good behavior. He knew it all. He knew the politics. He knew the government. But that same educated prince went out, the Bible says he saw one of his, of, of his brethren being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense by killing the Egyptian. In the scripture, it lets us know that Moses felt like he was the deliverer. He felt it. He supposed, the Bible said, that they would understand that I'm the deliverer. But an immature dream 
can take you over the cliff. Moses went out and killed somebody in his passion, in his anger, and in his feeling right because I'm the deliverer. Here's what he didn't get. You are going to kill one man. My question was when I was reading this, he was the prince. Why didn't you just say stop that? The soldier was a servant to Moses. Y'all, he was subservient. He was a position lower. He could have just said stop. But in his passion and in his immaturity, a dream that's not fully developed, he killed him, buried him in the sand. Next day he come out, let me find another one now. Because mm-hmm. I am the deliverer. And I know it. He challenges the Hebrews. The Hebrews say, well, you, did, you killed somebody yesterday. God. Who are you? What's problematic in this is Moses was called from his mother's womb. He was chosen. He was brought into Egypt to be the deliverer. He was taught their government, their ways. I know everything about the enemy. But what Moses couldn't see was you're trying to do it one by one. I'm about to bring 2.5 million people out of here by you, not one by one. Not one by one. His dream wasn't developed. You understand what I'm saying? God said, I'm about to bring 2 million people out of here. Not you going one by one trying to make it happen. But because he was immature and he moved in his passion and he didn't have our buzzword now is emotional intelligence to be in control of yourself, know your parameters, know how to to manipulate yourself, know how to learn what you're supposed to do before you jump out at it. Then Moses now has to flee to Midian. In the wilderness, Moses learned some things that he didn't have being a prince. People, when I went back, go back to uh, where it says you have to have humility uh, when, you, uh, when you're a mature person. A mature person has humility. A mature person is in control of their actions and they're guarded by their values. They're, they're, they're your, your guardrails, if you would. When Moses heard that Pharaoh was angry about what he did. The Bible says he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons, and 40 years had passed. So now, now you're fully developed. Now, what happened to Moses in the world? He learned, he went from being a prince where he was lifted. I told you a mature person can't hear flattering, get, oh, I'm great. Don't go there with God. I'm great now. Don't tell me nothing. I know everything. I'm educated. He was more educated than his brothers, than the Hebrews. He was, he was raised in the lap of luxury, y'all out there being poor. So Moses had a, evidently a, a, a lifted up view of who he was. Does that make sense? So now God takes you over here in the wilderness, and now, uh-huh, you went from a prince to being a shepherd. What a drop, right? But God was only strengthening him. What's happening in your life now that you think you're being mishandled by God? Why are you letting this happen to me, God? Why don't you say, what is this coming in my life to teach me? 
a better way to look at it, a mature way to look at it is, what is this adversity coming to my life to teach me? Amen. 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 He learned humility in Midian. He was a foreigner, so he learned a life of solitude. Moses had to have that quiet peace, that peace that could sit still for long periods of time. I told you he had to be able to have that long-term commitment because when he went up to talk to God, God talks to you when he wants to. We are, we are, are, are confined with minutes and seconds and hours. We know the rhythm of our earth, 24 hours. We're going to roll back around to this exact same time, the rhythm of our earth. And we are instant. We like it. We're going to have a meeting. We have our agenda. We go into the meeting. It's 11 o'clock. And it's 11.02 now, and you're not here, and now I'm upset because we said 11 o'clock. Well, God doesn't move on your kind of time. See, I prayed yesterday and asked for it. He said, ask, ask, seek, and knock. I've been knocking about five years now. Well, maybe you might have to knock 40. Because you are not mature. You are not fully developed yet. And God said, I can't give it to you yet. Moses was the deliverer from the moment he floated up to that lady. But maturity was a key thing. So what does that say to me? The Bible says, if a man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If a man lack wisdom, you want wisdom. No, you don't have to wait 40 years, and you don't have to wait till you're 80, and you don't wait till you're almost dead to have it. But if you don't mature, if you don't get control of yourself, you will wait 40 years. It's your dream. What do you want to do? God can do more than you can imagine he can do in you. Moses killed one man, but... God said, I got 2.5 million people I need you to do. I don't need you to deliver one man. Amen. Your dream is small. You can't see. I, can, I have gotten in some tight situations where I had to say, God, what is it I can't see? Yeah. Get turned down for something I thought I should have had? What is it I can't see? I have to trust that beyond the no yeah. is a God who sees that if I get this, it will not go well for me. Yeah. Or there's a better one over there. Wait on the Lord. Be able to keep that long-term commitment. This is what I'm going to do. In the meantime, let me prepare myself. Amen? Amen. Develop your emotional intelligence. Be aware of yourself, your abilities, and your be, be guided by principles and value. Warren Buffett says, don't have an emotional reaction to everything people say to you. And I say about you either. So I'm going to end today with what I had to learn. I had to learn not to live by my values and not by my emotions. I had to learn to stop when I'm upset and say, what has this come to teach me? I had to learn to stop and say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to go through this again. So could you help me get through this the right way with the right attitude? I even now have to stop and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Because mm. see, your anger. Woo. I have I've always had a volatile temper. I've always been a person that I'll fly off at you. But, 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 that was then. I'm more mature now. I had to learn it. 
on my job. I had to learn. I had to learn to stop embarrassing Jesus with my little outbursts. My kids, we go in the store. <laughs> Say it. The salesperson say a little certain words to me, my kids will start backing up. Like, oh, oh, it's about to be on. Oh, they'll walk away. <laughs> God couldn't use me like that. You can't be a light like that. So I developed. I remember the day I was on my job. I thought, take it. I do that now. Because people humiliate you and make you feel all kind of way, you know, some kind of way, then, then, then it's like, okay, you really wanted to see Fairwood, didn't you? <laughs> you? You really, really, you grew up in certain environments. Let me say this because I'm not knocking the project. I used to live there all my life. I was born in Yamacro and raised in Fairwood, okay? So here's the thing. In some environments, and it's particularly... Uh, 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 prevalent with African Americans, you cannot appear to be a victim. You can't appear to be weak. I can't, if I let you think I'm weak, then I'm going to become, you're going to become the predator and I'm going to become the victim. So you develop that. All right, you said enough. But here's what I had to learn. When I took all of that to my job, mm -hmm, it doesn't work in this world. No, I had to learn to, I'll wait 24 hours. I don't care who makes me angry, I'm going to wait 24 hours. I'm not going to talk to you about this today. I'm going to wait 24 hours. In 24 hours, generally speaking, I don't think it's worth talking about. But if it is, now I'm able to formulate my argument, to sit down with you with a level voice, and explain to you what you did that hurt me, why it hurt me, and could we do it differently next time? Amen. That's how you fight. Not, not, not a mature person. I had to learn that, to live not by my feelings and emotions, but by common sense. I learned to have friends that help me balance my thinking. If I get really angry, and I told you I believe when you're angry, you're just absolutely dysfunctional. I'll call them and say, da 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 and, da, 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 and this is what I think, and this is how I feel about it, and this is what she said, and this is what I think, and now tell me, am I balancing what I'm thinking? And a lot of times they say no. <laughs> Look at it this way. And I'm able, because I've let my emotions subside, to hear what they're saying and switch gears. Right? Hear what they're saying, switch gears. So then I, I only have two friends like that. Some people, I have one person in mind in particular, she'll ask you, I'm, uh, this and this and this is the case, what do you think? You say, well, I think you need to stop. Well, that's not really what I want to do. So then I'll come ask you. So this and this and this is the case, what do you think I should do? And then they say, well, I don't think you'll do that well. This and this and this is the case. What do you think I should do? He said, I think you ought to do it. I said, that's what I knew it. <laughs> I knew I was right all the time. <laughs> Believe the three. You are not in a frame of mind 
to make the right decision. You may or may not be, but it's always better to seek wisdom. It's always better to seek wisdom and listen when you hear it. Flip, change, turn. Don't keep going because you think it's a good idea. Perhaps God is talking to you. You ask the question because you're unsure. But then when they tell you and it doesn't agree with what you think, not even trying to realize that you are about just as dysfunctional as anybody ever could be right now, you find somebody who's going to agree with you and they're about as dysfunctional as you. That's the friend you need to discard. Don't ask them no more. I don't throw people away, but I won't ask you again because you're about to get in my craziness with me. That's not what you need. You need, you serve a God who is serious. You serve a God who wants the best for you. Jeremiah told us, I got plans for you. Plans to help you, not to hurt you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But become, we, because we come packaged from home, with all kind of dysfunctions, all kind of, my brother said, I'm, I, I always tell my story as a victim. I'm sure I did. I'm sure he was telling me the truth. I didn't like it. But I had to examine it and say, is that the truth? The truth is what makes you free. The truth is what changes your life. Moses had to go to the wilderness for 40 years to be stripped of all of that. So that he could come back and be the deliverer of millions that God called him to be. I had to be learned to be, to, to, to let God speak to me when I'm in tense situations. The word of God will talk to you. Mm-hmm. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious of the workers of iniquity because in time they're going to be cut down. Not today. Yeah, they look like they got the best of you, but in time. I tell people all the time, and sometimes I walk around my house and have to say it out loud, the truth always wins. Oh, yes, it does. It's just a matter of time before God brings deliverance. So in our, in our haste to be delivered in the moment, sometimes you can overstep God, which is a bad place to be. Woo, you don't want to fall into the hands of a living God. I let the word speak to me in tense moments. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord's going to deliver him out of them all. When I say to God, how could you let this happen to me? I have to remember that I, I don't serve a high priest who can't be touched Amen. with the feelings of my infirmities. He knows exactly what I'm feeling, but what he needs me to do in this moment is get control of those feelings so that your output is right. You know how you are. Get control of that so that God can bless you. Moses had no idea how big the dream really was. Moses had no idea how vast. A uh, uh, mature Moses walked into the, to the uh, Pharaoh's house. He said, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, I'm not going to do it. Moses said, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. He didn't kill nobody this time. I'm in control this time. This time, I'm calm. I'm, I got the backing of the Most High God. He knew early when he was immature that he was delivered. But now I understand. I got a big old God behind me. Oh, uh, you won't do it today. I'll be back tomorrow. You got it. A mature Moses could listen and hear God. Okay. And the last thing I, is I had to be teachable. 
and be able to take instructions. You ain't going to always like it. You will not always like it when people try to give you instructions. You like, I already know. Well, I'm educated. I got this degree. Ah, well, there. Listen, be teachable. Be able, somebody can come up to you and tell you, do it this way. And you just flip and do it. Because the God of heaven and earth is behind you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and thank God for the word today. has been preserved for a reason dream a dream if you have everything you want and everything you need dream outside of yourself it's some, some child in human captivity today that you might just need to be an intercessor dream the dream dream a dream God put it in you you feel it but you don't feel ready he's able to make you ready amen, amen? amen. stand on your feet today I sat in a room last week. My mother was a sight-impaired lady with five kids. And I mostly, she had a nervous breakdown when my dad left so that she was present and absent at the same time. Sweet lady. But she had five Patterson children. And we were the joke. We were a force to be reckoned with. And I'd lay in my bed and I'd talk to God about my dreams. Rising and falling as I went. But today, I sat in the room last week. I'm talking about the juvenile delinquent dropout, college dropout. And there were 2,000 women sitting out there, and here I am, the chaplain, saying, God, how did you get me here? How did you get me here? Yes, it was a dream, but it was a broken dream. I don't know who's in here today. Your dream may be broken, but God is able to do exceedingly abundant above anything you could ask a thing. So with every head bowed today, all eyes closed in the house. Hallelujah. You feel it. You've always felt it. He's tugging at the strings of your heart. If you do not know Jesus today, with a pardon of your sins, I need to see your hand. You can put it up, put it down quickly. Let me see who you are. It's the first step. Thank you. It's the first step is to acknowledge that he's God, that he owes all power, that he can change your life. We have one. Heavenly Father, great God that you are, we are so grateful today that you brought us together. And we're asking now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would touch that one who raised their hand. And for those who raised their hearts, God, we ask that your blessings would overflow to them. We ask, Lord, we thank you for their salvation in this moment. God, and we pray that you would strengthen them 
where they're weak. And God, that you would raise them up where they're torn down. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sometimes in life, you hear a message that can help you. I hope what you've heard today has helped you. I want to pray for you today that this can be the beginning of a new way for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message. May it give them life and strength and courage. And I pray that they would find help and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us. We're glad you're with us. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.